lot of the scariest moments in public speaking happen whenever you are wanting to thank people for a thing. So let's say we had the great giveaway or we have uh, a Sunshine Club or a lot of the ministries that we do here, we have it and it was a success and you stand up and then you say, you know what, y'all, a lot of people worked very hard on this. There were there was Fran and there was there was there was Stacy and then then you realize, oh no, I've started naming people and I don't know all the people. And I'm going to leave somebody out. And that's why when we get up here, we typically say, you know, we're not going to name everybody because I would leave somebody out. Because most people are fine with being left out until they are left out. Most people are okay, like not getting their way. And we will say things like that. We'll say, well, I'm, 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 I'm easy going. I'm fine not getting my way. And we're like, okay, well, then you're not going to get your way. What? You know, that's, they, and, and, uh, we are okay with all of that until we're not okay with it. But the Christian life asks us a very hard, uh, asks us to live a very difficult life. It asks us to live a life in which we do not get our way. In which we don't, we, we're not able to, for everything to go perfectly. We're not, everything, not able for everything to go smoothly. The Christian marriage is not a marriage where one gets their way all the time. When I, was, when I first got married, uh, I was, actually this was before I got married, I, I was hired onto a church for a week before I was married. So I worked for a week, then I got married. Um, and then I was an official minister once married, apparently. And this, this older gentleman uh, he wasn't, I mean, super old, like 120, 122, around there. And he would, he would come to the building every day. He's one of those guys that had nothing to do, so he came to the church building um, and talked to the ministers who had nothing to do. And he, he told me five times that week, at least five times that week, he said, Benjamin, the, 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 uh, the key to a happy marriage is yes, dear. Five, that's such stupid advice. Because you don't want to train your wife to be a psychopath. If you're wrong, you're wrong. What, would he, what, what was he saying? Avoid conflict at all costs so that she will think she's always right. Now, I'll tell you this. Rachel's not here this morning. Um, we, we flipped a coin to see who would take care of Macy and who would preach. And... And she, so, but I will say this, without her here, I don't even have to look at her to see if it's okay if I say it. Because she's not here. Woo! She's right way more than I am. She's, she, she's cognitively correct way more than I am, but she's not all the time. There are times where I have a perspective on it that she didn't, and she acknowledges that. But, but life isn't about... Being, um, being, getting your way all the time. Marriage is unhealthy where one person is supposed to be getting their way all the time. There's no yes, dear marriages. There's no yes, sir marriages. And there's no good ones anyway. We are called to give up of our way. To submit to one another. 
Wives, to your husband as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and submitted himself to it. And as, as just individuals, as people, we are called to a bigger, something bigger than just doing, making sure we get the rules right, making sure we pray and we fast, making sure we get our, you know, our acknowledgments. And Jesus, Jesus goes into this on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're not, gonna, we're not going to look at all of them. Uh, we're not, this is the last one, and we're not even skimming the surface of the whole Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is one of the deepest and most beautiful pieces of um, one of the most beautiful sermons ever, if not the, the most. It is it's just perfect in the way he's um, arguing something. And he's not, you notice, sometimes you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's like, okay, here he talks about anger and murder, and here he talks about um, adultery and lust, and here he talks about this and that, and th he has these little sections. And that's not what's happening. As we saw last week, he's actually speaking about how you submit to power. How you give up of self. If someone says, here, uh, take, my, take my cloak uh, one mile, take my, my armor one mile. So if a Roman soldier comes up and says, hey, you've got to carry my stuff, you're the dummy that says, I'll take it too. If you're struck on the face, you're the one who submits and says, I'll, I'll turn the other cheek. When the world doesn't give you your way, you understand that Jesus did. Jesus took that too. We're all about winning. And in Arkansas, we know what it feels like to, not to win. We know what it feels like to for every year to be like, you know what? This is the year. And slowly, we've just been beaten down to the point where now we're like, yeah, this probably isn't the year. <laughs> Maybe we'll beat LSU. You know, that's all we care about anymore. We just want to not lose to the bad teams. That's all. We know what it's like, but we still want we still want our our favorite things to do well, and we want the things we, the things we agree with to win out. But life is not about winning in the Christian life. We shouldn't be obsessed with it. We shouldn't be obsessed with getting the credit. Notice what he says about he says it takes on several different things: giving, uh, fasting, prayer. And on giving, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, But when you give to the needy, do not left, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, so we spent the first part of the sermon saying, whenever you are oppressed, don't fight back. And he, he transitions to this next part where he says, when you do well, don't get credit. You see how both situations are, are Jesus saying, your, your position in this life is not supposed to be going upward. When you pray, don't get so excited. Or when you give, don't get so excited. that you, The world's not supposed to know what you do. One of the things we're looking into here is, um, because we have so many young people who don't know what cash or checkbooks are, uh, is online giving. Text to give, that sort of stuff. And it's going to be, you're, you're going to like it the first week, 
But then that first week, when you give online, and then the plate passes you and you don't put in anything in it, you just want to be like, I gave, I gave online. <laughs> You're going to want, for some reason, there's just going to be the instinct, oh, it just looks bad, it looks bad. You don't understand. We'll pass out stickers. How about that? We'll pass out online giving stickers. But that, that's going to be tough. Like when you don't get the credit. When you don't get what? You don't get the prestige. Don't He says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He talks about prayer. The famous section on prayer is when he says this then is how you should pray. But he says this then because he spent the first uh, several sentences talking about, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Notice that twice he here he has said, your father who sees what is done in secret, or he will reward you. Stop seeking rewards from people. Stop seeking acknowledgement from people. But fa your father will see what is done. He's a secret father. He sees what he sees your heart. And if we are if we are doing things for for what other people will see us do, if we are doing it to be publicly seen, you will get your reward. But that is not the reward you are truly seeking. You can go back to the first part of the Sermon on the Mount where he's, he's saying, if you fight back, you might win, but that's not the victory. If, if, if you stand your ground and you win the argument, you might have won the argument, but that's not the victory. Then he talks about fasting. Fasting is where you don't eat. I didn't know if y'all knew that. But when you fast, put oil on your head. This is conditioner. And wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So when you fast, don't tell people you're fasting. Don't look. Don't be a mope. Freshen up. Figure it out. Look fine. You don't want people to go, oh, what's wrong with you? Which those people are mean. There's people in the world like, you. Look, are you sick? No, it's Thursday. That's all. Your father's, he says, don't fresh, freshen up because you're not seeking rewards from other people. Now, at this point, you may be saying, hey, I don't pray in public. I don't fast in public ever. Um, I, I don't give obnoxiously. Where are you seeking your treasure? Where, what, do, what do you value? The praise of man or the relationship with God? Because your heart is going to have to choose whether you pray or be, are praised by men or are in a relationship with God. Rarely is the one who's in relationship with God. And what, what I mean by that is you... You love like God loves. You forgive like God forgives. Like you, your, your 
relationship with God is affecting your daily life. You turn the other cheek. You do not seek to win. But instead, you seek to be thought no one thinks of you. But you humbly give your life to the cause of Jesus. C.S. Lewis says that humility is not when someone thinks less of themselves. It's when someone thinks of themselves less. Fewer times I think of myself. That's humility. I'm not saying that of me. I'm saying when you do that, that's humility. Your Father, who is unseen, will reward you for what is unseen. How concerned are we that we shape our nation? How concerned are we that we shape our town, that Christian ideas win the public argument. What's the point of that? Is it winning? Yes, we want, our, we want to be kind to our neighbor, but can we legally enforce it? Or do we just go do it? I think there are times that we think our kingdom is here. That we think we've got to win now. And that if we are oppressed, then we're, we're, we're sliding back into the, the bad old days. Or sliding away from the good old days. But Jesus says something very particular in this sermon. That we are not to get credit for the good we do. I said uh, in the, when we had the youth rally, um, we talked about prayer in school. And when we say prayer in school, what we mean is like prayer over loud speakers. What we mean is like prayer from a, in, on a football game. You know, Lord, help no one get concussed. And then they run into each other. To me, that's like saying, Lord, help this pizza be healthy. And then just eating it. But the reason we get so upset about taking prayer away from football games or whatever is because it takes away the easy feel good that we have in our Christian life. Because you're never going to be told to quit loving your neighbor like Jesus loved you in public. You're never going to be told to be, quit being kind and forgiving and merciful. You can always be public with the Christian life, but you might not always get credit for your Christian life. Publicly. The most Christian thing that happens in a football game is not when someone says a prayer over the loudspeakers, it's when someone helps someone else up. It's when someone is kind to someone else and not a jerk. It's just hard to pull off when you've got your mandrenaline going. I say that like I know. I don't know. But 
we are, we are called to live daily not getting credit or not getting our way in society. And it's in those moments that you will find out who's Christian. When, when things aren't going pleasantly for me. Jesus says, do not store up yourself for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. When the girls were really young, they would say, Daddy, they would ask me if I was a, what I'm afraid of. They'd be talking about what they're afraid of and they'd ask me what I'm afraid of, which is nothing because I'm, you know, really brave. But I would always say moths. I was like, they can eat your clothes. I don't know how fast. But you just hate to be in public and like, come upon a super moth and he just ate all your clothes? You don't want that. I'm afraid of moths. They eat clothes. And they would say, they eat clothes? And I'm just kidding. They just do it slowly. Um, but moths and just everything destroys the stuff that we value. Who has the nicest truck or the nicest gear or the nicest uh, house? or a, That all goes away eventually. But you will see your neighbor in the kingdom. We are not to, we are not to think, uh, think more of ourselves and more of our accomplishments, so much so that we think we've got it pretty good here. The kingdom of heaven is more important than the kingdom of earth. And when we merge the two and when we make, them, when we make the kingdom like the, the world now have to be, we have to be Christian here. Like the nation has to be Christian. The society has to be Christian. And I get upset when society is not Christian. Well, if that's our frustration, then we should really focus on the church being Christian. When the church is Christian, we can walk into society and be Christian within it. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. You cannot have your credit taken away from God. God loves you and, and saved you and redeemed you and you are not going to have that taken away from you. But when we seek for earthly success, when we get frustrated that we're not getting our way here, we will always be frustrated. We'll always be upset here. Because in the end, you're not going to get your way. Have you ever had, and maybe I'm just a sociopath, but have you ever had, and this is just me, but I think, have you ever had that like little debate in your head about when you've had a hard day and then someone else in your midst is saying they've had a hard day and then all of a sudden you crank up your competitionometer and you're thinking, I haven't really had that hard of a day. You think you want to do what you want to do because you've had a tough day, but now they want to do what they want to do, and you're like, ah, okay, I've got to pretend you had a hard day too. 
those competitions in life, those like getting my way instead of submitting and having normal, healthy relationships where everybody gives, those will ruin you. Not just in your marriage, but where, like, in church. I want my way or I'm leaving. Leave. I'm sure there's also another church that won't let you have your way either. Nothing, nothing, nothing's ever perfect. We're going to put new carpet in. Men have unwisely for years um, gone to the congregation and said, hey, we are putting new carpet in. This isn't going to be the case here because we're not crazy. Putting new carpet in, we would like your opinion on what the color should be. Milliseconds. After making such announcement, there have been deaths. People start punching each other. It's, it's bloodier than like, like children. Like if we drive by a Volkswagen dealership, my kids just beat each other to death. That's just, it's just slug bug death. It's just, it's, it's awful because people say, well, I want red. And we can't just think. I want red. What we think is, I want red. And anyone who thinks red's not the best color is an idiot. Or they have a secret agenda. That's a good way to tell that you're obsessed about getting your way. When people who disagree with you, you think they have a secret agenda. They're not an evil scientist. They're just a different human being. And so we want our way. Pay attention this week to the times you want your way. And when you want your way, go to Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus there for your sins is dying for you, you say, Jesus, I wanted red carpet. And see if it matters at the foot of the cross. See, see if your agenda, your evil secret agenda, matters at the foot of the cross. Because what matters is giving up of self, not building up of self. What matters is giving up of self, not building up of self, so that we can give to God. Because for us, to glorify God, we must humble ourselves. Because when the kingdom of earth, the treasures of earth, those are our treasures. When we store up treasures on earth, those are mine. But when we store up treasures in the kingdom of heaven, those are God's. Think about your way and how it, how it clashes with the way of Jesus. If you need prayer to live that kind of life, like we all do, if you just think, man, my, my day is going to be rough and I need, I need the Spirit with me, then this church wants to pray with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus and say, I'm giving up of my way, I'm giving up of myself, I want to, give, I want to store up treasures in heaven 
not get my way here on earth. I want to lift up God instead of lifting up self. That's what you're doing when you say, I'm giving my world, my life, my my activities to Jesus. I'm giving my thoughts, my emotions, my grief to Jesus. Uniting with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Today is the day to start or restart a life that is devoting itself to the way, the practices, the patterns, the teachings of Jesus. And it is a life that, that you will not win. You will not get your way. And you can count that as glory for the one who gave up himself for you. If you need anything this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayers, if you need to confess to your church, whatever you need this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.